Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Conversations with the Voice of Reason. I'm your host, Benjamin Boyce, and today's conversants are Stella O'Malley and Alistair Gunn, alias Angus Fox. They're both returning guests and have done a lot of work with the organization called Genspect, which provides a variety of resources for parents and children and detransitioners to help them out from a neutral and not necessarily gender affirming point of view. In this conversation, we talk a lot about a lot of things. We talk about online grooming, specifically targeted grooming, where one person preys upon another person, usually an older person preying upon a younger person to exploit them for personal gain. And we also talk about maids and we talk about the gender issue and we just have a good evening together over whiskey. Well, they're drinking whiskey. I'm drinking chai tea because of the time differential. All that said, you can find links to their work down there in the description. And if you want more of Alistair and Stella, go ahead and check my back catalog because a lot of the conversation is kind of an outgrowth of previous conversations that we've had. Without further ado, here is Stella O'Malley and Alistair Gunn. You're looking very Christmassy. I'm trying to the festive it up a little bit. Tonight, uh, Christmas begins in Ireland tonight. I've been trying to tell Alistair about this last year and this year. So tonight is a very special night in Ireland because it's the Christmas toy show. And we have this kind of famous TV program that's been going for something like 60 years. And it's always late night, kind of once a week, talk TV, kind of serious politics. And once a year on Christmas toy show night, which is tonight, the kids take over and everybody gets sweets and all the kids review the toys about what they want to get for Christmas. And it's really good. And every kid in Ireland stays up until 12 o'clock watching the toy show. So it will be on after this. And that's like the official. It's Christmas begins at Christmas toy show night. Yeah. So that's tonight. What's been going on? Oh, 40, 40, 50. I watched it when I was a kid. Like, Oh, wow. And like, like the biggest thing anybody, it was like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to get a ticket to be one of the kids on the Christmas toy show, like to review the toys that nobody else had ever seen. Now, since electronics have come in, it's that. not as good because the review in electronics, which isn't as exciting. I was going to say, how does that work? I'm yeah, not sure it's not as good. No. But they do reviews of books and stuff like that. They take it seriously. Thank you very much. Been... Henry's brought us in a hot whiskey. Thank you very Ooh, much. Ooh, hot whiskey. We've been a little bit chaotic here. <laughs> now we're sorted. It's a Friday Thank night. You. First night of Christmas. Is there like an Irish Christmas carol, like particular to the land of the green? Oh, yeah. The Wexford shades. carol is a beautiful. The Wexford. 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 The Wexford carol. How does that go? I don't think uh, I ever told you that. You did, I think, yeah. Oh, okay. The Wexford carol is beautiful. Oh, my God. We've got, we own Christmas. How, how does it go? <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't think it's really hard, but it's really good. Oh. Some gorgeous. Irish. 
No, but there's a lovely another one called Ihanulig, which is in Irish, which is my favourite song, I'd say, and it's certainly my favourite Christmas song, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. Shall we have fairy tale? <laughs> fairy tale a, of New York. Do you have a fairy tale? One of the tale? most famous Christmas songs. You know fairy tale of New York? I don't know that one. Are you being funny? No. How does it go? Can you sing the melody or just hum the... Um, well, the, the line comes to mind. <laughs> it's got... It's, it's, they stop being able to play it on the radio. Yeah. Because it contains the six-letter F word. You scumbag, you maggot, you cheap lousy. Happy Christmas, my arse. I pray God it's our last. It's <laughs> <laughs> just too cynical to make it across the Atlantic. They just can't deal with it. They're just like, well, this is so upsetting. You're ruining for Christmas. Yeah, man. You'll have to put that on the background. That's the Pogues, isn't it? Yeah. Are they not from where, around my way? Yeah, but they're Irish. London Irish. No, 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 I meant around my way as in Dunham. Oh, Tipperary. Yeah, yeah. Shame again, it's from Tipperary. Sil- yeah. Silver Mines, Nina. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Oh, so you don't like musicals, but you're okay with punk rock, Alistair? Well, you wouldn't say that's punk rock, would you? They're the Pogues aren't punky? Punky. Yeah, they're okay. The Pogues are just slightly punky. punky. Yeah. 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 I'm quite picky with music. I've got about. I'm, it's Do you know Alistair is brilliant on the piano? He no, plays no. like a. Jesse? You know, a proper professional no, pianist. I don't. All, Do you know? No, I don't. So well, you've just shown yourself off as somebody who doesn't. There's two <laughs> types of people. There's, exactly, there's two <laughs> types of people who listen to me play piano. There are people who are like, wow, that's amazing. And then there are people who know music and they're like, hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. I do, every time I play a piece, there's one fewer notes. But he's got the gestures. And he's got the... <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks really good. When I he's just, playing. no, seriously, every time I play it, there's one fewer note because I just go, there ah, for the bits I don't like. And, and then these pieces just get shorter and shorter. And shorter. <laughs> Clever you. Yeah, yeah. Efficient. I just bodge the way through the difficult <laughs> bit. Yeah. I've heard you sing. Oh yeah, I, I like I play music and I sing and all that. Sure, I'm Irish. <laughs> Do you go a wassailing, or is that <laughs> strictly London thing? A wassailing? A wassailing is that wassailing or a wassailing? Yeah, here like we go. A wassailing, a wassailing. Uh, uh, we go. It, it's a Christmas carol, but it just it, it it's about drinking a lot. And you go around and you get rum from other people or something. Do you go march around singing with a band of Merry Misfits, Stella? I don't. I don't. (laughs) There is a concept on on Stephen's Day, the day after Christmas, that Wren boys go around houses with... What boys? Wren boys. And they dress up and they sing and they have a drink. What's a Wren boy? It's it's big down at Cork and Kerry, a Wren boy, yeah. And you get money for the Wren. Okay. Yeah, and they sing. So it's very like a wassail. <laughs> yeah, it exists. I just still stuck on you not know fairy tale, Benjamin. Yeah, that is, that is bizarre. Bad. That's the biggest Christmas song in the world. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> I don't think it's so. It's Christmas song, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You're wrong, Jimmy. You're way out of here, man. Okay, no, I, I, I need more Christmas music in my life. I, I've been uh, toying with a Christmas album called uh, Mary Wokemas, my Wokemas Christmas Girls, you know, so I've been going oh, through. This was banned every out year. of Wokery. It, it was huge for 20 years, and then the Wokeries came in. Are the wokists landed 
and they they've kind of tried to get rid of it, but it hasn't got been got rid of. But I think it should be our theme when we're talking today. I think you should bring it in with this. <laughs> and with That's this, a good yeah, idea. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. I'll be Shane. You can be cursed. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I get to be the one who gets killed in a speedboat accident. Oh, mind you, with no teeth. So uh, I love Shane. Do you? I do. Okay. Fair enough. Mm, that's a nice hot whiskey. Very good. My yeah. husband's a genius at hot whiskeys. What what mm. is in it? Like lemon and uh, honey, cloves, sugar, and sugar. We're both sick, yeah. but we turned up for you. Oh, yeah. Was this COVID or just ailments of a general nature? No, just a cold. Yeah, yeah. but like Alistair's immunosuppressed, so it's much more serious with Alistair than me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's just not going away. It's just, just stuck with it, apparently. Uh, yeah, been another couple of weeks, I'd say. Yeah. 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 Pain in the arse. Yeah. Apparently everyone's got it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's okay. It's just a way of the immune system, you know, catching up, downloading a new file, you know, rebooting the hard drive kind of thing, right? Yeah. Happens every year, or it used to, before we got scared of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, We yeah. had um, a, a couple of gender parents, what we call them, came across uh, from England to visit me. And oh, it was lovely. So and to visit you. And I'd say they... It's that thing when people go on a plane and then they get off the plane. I kind of sound like I'm blaming them, but do you know what I mean? I think that, and then like two days later, I got it. Oh. Now, they didn't, but I wonder whether it was. Could have been there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I probably got it from my daughter. She's in school and she's been hacking away for the last few weeks. <laughs> uh, what uh, grade is she in? Is she in college? Uni? Third year, which makes her 15. She's 15 and my little boy mm. is in first year and he's 13. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's different from the English system. Though. Yeah, it is yeah. different from the English and from the American. I can't keep yeah. up with the grades and the years. It's too hard for every every years, every school, every country so different. I can't keep up with it. No. Hmm. What's yeah. your what's your screen policy, uh, Stella, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll share it. Um, I'm very into uh, bring down the screens at night. Um, I've tried to keep a lot of control over the screens and I'm realizing now that my daughter's 15, I'm losing that control and it feels normal. It feels like, yeah, she's 15 and she's basically saying back off. I'm doing my own thing and I know not to make a show of myself. And this is insulting for you to be all over it. But I haven't been as all over it as I thought I would be. So I was all over it in the first couple of years, so 13 or 14, but I've really been quite lax now. Do you but, think... Yeah, sorry. go on. It's really complicated. It's really tricky. It's very easy to, you know, when I was given all these talks and saying, don't do this, don't do that. But in reality, it's really, it's really tricky. I was going to say, do you think if you had, like... If you had like five daughters, oh god! Do you think by the time you got to the fifth, you'd just be like, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, just totally? She's already having a fit because my little boy has already got more screens, and if there was a third, it would be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, such a classic parenting thing. Yeah, I get it. It's so much easier than my sister. Yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, easier. but also, I suppose I'm I'm conscious with the boy. His first year. 
I think that's a really, 13 is a really tricky age for screens, really mm-hmm. tricky. So I'm trying to be all over him. But basically I have this kind of policy as I'm allowed to look at your screens, but I should look at them more. I don't. I've seen you do that though. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, show, so, me. show me your screens. I, I want to see what's going on here. Yeah. As in, if you're putting it up, you should, I should be able to see it. I know other people would disagree, but I think, God, the mad stuff that goes on on screens. It needs to be. There's a very interesting kind of, I heard somebody say it and I thought, I like that. They said, you know, companies already have a policy and families should follow the policy that companies have. As in, if you do it on your screen, it's company policy. We can see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So families should have that. Like, if it's on your screen, we can see it. If you want to have it private, go and do it. Speak to them or talk to them on the phone. Hmm. But I speak a better battle than I act. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's all in the theory. Let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you don't have kids, do you, Benjamin? No, no. I just have a couple it's of cats. Quiet about his private life, isn't it? <laughs> mm. Writing a mm-hmm. musical about his private life, I'd say. What? What'd you say, Benjamin? What? We were just wondering, you're very quiet about your private life, aren't you? Well, every, every once in a while, somebody uh, leans into me and I have to divulge little tidbits and stuff. But It's a bit like how, do you remember Gok Wan? He would only ever wear black. Yeah. Like some fashion designers will only ever wear like black. Yeah. Because they don't want to be yeah. the story. Yeah. So they just want to kind of well, he's like, kind of like the... it's a little bit. Well, like that's that. Gok Wan is one... <laughs> Slightly insulting comparison. Well, but I, was thinking, I quite like Gok he's, he's a very frivolous guy. That, now, hold on. That's Uh-oh. not true. I'm going to show you. No, no. He did some beautiful episodes. He did this did episode. He? Yeah, he did. He did this episode with this woman who'd had a mistake to me. Oh, well, yeah. And that. he and she'd lost all confidence in herself. He, he's, he's this guy and he basically dresses people to feel more confident in their own bodies. And uh, he took her into a shopping centre. She was—you could see she was suffering. And then he said, um, mm-hmm. and then he—they he, were up on this balcony, and he said, um, and he did it like a whistle, and he said, "If you've had breast cancer, put your hand up." And the entire—he'd arranged it so the entire shopping centre was oh, women. I've seen that. And they clip. were all, and she kind of burst into tears. And then, do you know, he does stuff like that. That is quite valuable. I think. No, that's lovely. It is. And did he get her tops that looked nice? Yeah, yeah. Good. And he used to do this thing with kind of just like these people who'd lost all their confidence and they were swaddling themselves. Do you know, they were just like tented and he would yeah. come at them with like a pair of dress scissors and cut away the material so they could and pull it all in so they could see their figure and these people okay. were kind of like, oh, and okay. suddenly realised they yeah. had a figure. No, yeah. you're right. You're yeah. right. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've been mean. <laughs> I think you're more like a psychoanalyst, Benjamin. You know, blank. Why do you say that? <laughs> what makes you? How does that make you feel? <laughs> I'm feeling some projection here, Stella. Reassociation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. <laughs> you should be really wearing a, a cravat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the lengthy reassociation conversations, and you don't direct them at all. And it's very all. It's very psychoanalysis, if you ask me. All these psychoanalysts will no doubt write in and say why I'm wrong. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, Even that. Well, <laughs> picking up on the, the thread about the fashion, what, what's that guy's name again? Gok Wan. Gok Wan. Yeah. Is he 
He's but, English, but he's Cantonese. I'd say he's Hong oh, Kong, yeah. Hong Kong. Like that? Oh, yeah. Okay. But he was born in England. He's an Englishman. And he's... Um, yeah, I think he was, I think he was in America for a bit. I think he did they did an American version kind of makeover guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's this uh lovely young woman, um Cynthia Breheny. She's on Twitter. You guys have probably interacted yeah. with her and I I had her on my channel earlier this year i believe but she had uh massive gender dysphoria never transitioned but you know massive gender dysphoria um massive uh problems with her father uh sexual abuse stuff like that and what she ended up doing was going to california and uh, working with this photographer or yeah photographer who who would take pictures of women who have problems with sexual abuse specifically or getting out of the dsm uh community and showing them working with their sense of aesthetic beauty right and as as therapy right and i was just thinking uh, along the lines because you do see and it's more in from the feminine quarter uh kind of sex behavior uh stereotypically uh, this especially in the detransition or rebuilding confidence really really trying to accept their body and trying to see themselves as beautiful that, that's uh yeah. kind of a, an important thing that's not really talked about because it is seen as kind of vain and a lot of the trans stuff is really shallow and really narcissistic but there's a component of beauty this is a really really good point remember myself and alistair kind of did devise the program of beyond trans and it's up and running we've over what are we 77 79 clients have gone through us so far so it's, it's amazing but what, what, there's two things that have come up. I thought it was all about therapy because, of course, I would because <laughs> I'm a therapist. But they're not so into therapy. Now, thankfully, we anticipated we needed a holistic program. So we offered lots of others. And it's really noticeable. Two things that I think has come out of this so far. One is huge amount of medical questions mm. where endocrinologists, doctors, huge amount. Just give me the give me the details. Mm. Tell me what are the medical you know, answers to these questions, huge amount of unknown medical questions, which I hadn't anticipated we have to deal with. And the second is that what you've just talked about, Benjamin, which is a visual aesthetic kind of and Lordy does that, you know, Lordy on Twitter. I was just yeah, about to mention. She does those pictures of mm. the, I think it's such a brilliant, brilliant project. It's a great but idea. I remember once watching an amazing documentary on our anorexics. And the person, very like what you've just described, Benjamin, was a photographer who took photos of the, of them to kind of get them to, he tried to, he tried to take photos where he'd show a softer side to them, to mm. soften soften their understanding of themselves it's a kind of a he was he was trying to show their vulnerability in in the photos it wasn't that kind of weirdy pro anna kind of look how skinny i am it was showing the vulnerability in the person and so you'd soften towards them it was a really really lovely project i think that's where we should go with beyond transition an aesthetic yeah i agree an artistic aesthetic thing portraits they're sitting about lordy yeah the style of them Brilliant. There, yeah. there are, but it's like you say, they're not kind of like, oh, I'm going to make you look really feminine, like I'm no. going to feminize you in some kind of false way. They're quite, yeah, do you know. Like and just no for hope. the audience, uh, Lordy is a uh, painter and she does portraits of detransitioners specifically, and she's got 40 Actually, or 50. Devil, I think. Phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal and kind of under celebrated, yes. 
because she's it's a brilliant project. She's done a hundred. I don't know if she's done more, but I know she's done a hundred. I wonder what the male equivalent of that would be, if there is one. Do you know what I mean? Like, would you not say the same? No. I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. I would. Be interesting to see. Be interesting to see if somebody would take up on it and do like portraits of the lads. Yeah, totally. You know, there is uh, what Alistair. When we spoke with Richie, we talked a lot about physical activity, and I think that there's like a a male in action, like getting men back into action or some sort of performative thing, you know, maybe yeah. music or so comedy or just something. Comedy. I don't know. Just vocalizing and playing, you know, being themselves, like really getting used to being, mm. you know, kind of breaking them out of their shell, maybe a little bit. There's a lot of, there's a preponderance of introversion. It seems You're like. Right. You, you were hilarious when Alistair and <laughs> Richie were on and he was saying, get them out right into the sports. <laughs> <laughs> down the mines. Get them down the mines. <laughs> oh, Sasha says it in a much more therapeutic way. <laughs> you know, Sasha, who does the podcast with me. And so, um, so sorry, that's my dog. I probably get, probably get rid of her. No, I'll get rid of her. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, poor thing. That's fun. <laughs> She's quite a sweet dog. Terrier? Can you describe this dog? Big dog, small dog, lap dog, French dog? What kind of dog is she? She's Pomeranian. Is she a Pomeranian? Yeah, yeah of course. She's lovely, but she's troublesome. I love her, but she's a swap, honestly. <laughs> I'd swap. But Sasha has some <laughs> lovely ideas, exactly what you're talking about. Um, Sasha, I add, she has kind of like, see what your body can do. You know, like you know, therapeutically, like maybe bodybuilding and see what weight. Mm. So you can get too into that, but um, abseiling or or mountaineering, it's it's testing. It's kind of making friends with your body. What can your body do? I think that's really good. It's acting for, because when my I was so miserable in my teenage years, as, as you know, and it was acting for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in musicals, also, in a couple of school plays, and. I'd say he was Shakespeare, was it? <laughs> Rather than musicals. <laughs> I was in the Crucible and I was in a doll's house. And um Were you? Yeah. yeah Are yeah. you good? I think I was all right. I was offered a place at Italia Conti, if you can believe that. Do you know what Italia Conti is? I do. I yeah, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Was that well, like, a, it's like Carnegie it's, Hall for No, it's just a it's a it's a Notch. drama school. Top notch. Yeah, yeah. Top notch. Um, like, you know, in Ireland, there's the gaiety. Like, it's only the good ones who get in. Like, it's only good ones who are even, you know, the way there's always, I'm sure there's equivalent in America. Yeah, Little old America probably has I think something. It's, I, think it's, I think it's probably a very good thing I didn't go. Why? Jesus, can you imagine? Yeah. 15-year-old gay boy put him into that environment. It would have been turned into a nightmare, I suspect. But yeah, that, so, and that's very physical and very, and public. I think he would have been lovely. 
Exactly. Great. Bored to be an actor, no? Uh, Alistair, it, it might have been the case that no matter what you've done uh, when you were 15, you would have gotten in a lot of trouble. I think it was just like part of your karma. Uh, yeah, that karma. may or may not be true. <clears throat> yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. But it definitely, that, that, that definitely helped. That definitely helps. I think you'd be a great actor. Flamboyant. Right. Verbose. <laughs> yeah. We're circling around some other words here. But he's large. I was very confused by that video clip. I was thinking, this is a bloody strange musical. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a wonderful film. You should you should watch it. It, It's a worth watching. It's not cringy when they get to the music. It's hilarious. (laughs) Mm. It's that picture did look very strange. I do forget when I and I see pictures of myself and I'm like, and you look really really short. Me next to me, you know, you do. Wow, I did see it. He's large, he's so large, he's tall. What's he, what's he saying? <laughs> it was really good. I, completely, I think I saw I was very sick yesterday, mm. and I saw it in the midst of my sickness. It's just come back to me. He's large, <laughs> something really old fashioned, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a throwback to the twenties, I think, or something. Some some little uh, fishing town. It's glorious. How did you find that? That's the way I grew up on that show, that that film. Did you? Brilliant. Robin Williams. You would have never guessed he plays Popeye. He's good. He's all, he's blonde. I love Robin Williams. You wouldn't cast him as Popeye, though, would you? I wouldn't. I could have would, yeah. Hmm, um, yeah, I was very sick yesterday in the midst of the haze. It's just come back to me. <laughs> He's large. Are we ever going to meet you, Benjamin? I wonder when you come over to Ireland. There's a lot yeah. of people over there. There's a lot of people over there. I should take a tour of. Uh, We're making a little gender hub. You and do. Me. Come yeah. over. Yeah. There's a lot of people yeah. in London and south of London and north Run of London. Run a night. Come over and do a night and interview people on stage. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It'd be brilliant. Tire somewhere in Dublin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a really good idea. You're very welcome. You're full of good ideas. (laughs) (laughs) She's always like, uh, I have work. I have an idea for you. I have an idea for you too. She's she's like, she's got a lot of ideas. I was once told that uh, you have ideas for 95% of people you meet, don't you, Stella? I was like, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage of people take up on the idea? Yeah, yeah, that's the issue. But this is a good idea. You come this over, you, we get, we rent a night, have a theatre, you're on the stage and you interview people. It'll be really good. Then well, you can have a pub night the night afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or the oh, night off. Well, yeah, the <laughs> night, it's got to be the night of, right? You can do some wassailing. If you like. Or renning, whatever. Wassailing. Hire some wren boys. Yeah, yeah, the wren, the wren, the king of the birds. Oh, wren with a W. Okay, that makes slightly more sense. Sorry, now do you know what I mean? I just thought it was... The ram, the ram, that's what they call it. W-R-E-N. Right, okay. King of the birds. I'll have to look it up. (laughs) I think Corinna's coming over. Yeah. You should come over, Benjamin. You should come over. Hmm. Not like it's a long way and involves lots of hassle. <laughs> no. 
I know. Someday. Someday. One thing, when somebody is sick, people make an effort to come over and it's the better for the world. Oh, no, I know. I'm completely, you know? I'm completely. Yeah. Yeah. Exploiting that. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It is. It is. It's a good thing. Yeah. And often people want an excuse to travel as well. And they yeah. feel guilty about spending the money on travel. If you're ill, then. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Corinna's coming over. I think so. Have you interviewed Corinna, Benjamin? You probably have. You've interviewed everybody. I think so. Most everybody. Corinna did a really good interview with Benjamin. Or rather, Benjamin did a really good interview with Corinna and uh, Denise from Forthwith New. Oh, really? Yeah, it's worth watching. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah, they're a good pair. Yeah. But it was yeah. uh, unsurprising. Uh, that was kind of a surprising uh, cocktail to get them both. Down. Yeah. But I like, mm-hmm. I like branching out into the, the duels, right? we're doing here do you you get to watch the the vibe shift and me and sasha have all sorts of exciting ideas for january oh yeah oh no we'll be biting at your we'll i just had at your heels there benjamin i just had marciano on uh about uh, you did what, get it? yeah yeah she's we've got, got like a, seven we've got projects coming, coming up out guys. saturday the third Gonna have a clinical guide. Oh, wait, you, so you're part of Geta too, right? Gender Exploratory Therapy Association. Association. Yeah. And we've got a. We're launching a clinical guide, and we're launching it yeah. on Saturday the third, and it's very exciting. Yeah. I designed the logo. That's why. Oh, did you? <laughs> um, yeah. Apart from that, it's all on you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be great. This clinical guide. People will have something it's the first step to kind of i would argue say there are alternatives to w path which is far you know very needed yeah mm-hmm. isn't there like Crazy. a organization beyond w path i see that trending every once in a while i think are you guys you're gonna be you're gonna be uh interviewing joseph burgo he does beyond w path okay. yeah, yeah absolutely genius and what i love about it it's kind of it's kind of running with a kind of a, 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 a almost a branding with beyond trans that we've done then there's beyond w path and we're moving beyond this shit show crap Garbage. this gender stereotyped regressive yeah. medicalization give all your life to the pharmacy yeah. we're moving beyond it i think beyond courtesy of the king himself <laughs> that word beyond it's it's so clever because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not you agree i do i think it's, it's a stroke of genius and i also just want to say joe is uh, i think joe's brilliant joe Berger, man he's brilliant. great yeah and i think it's i think it's kind of there's a beautiful simplicity to it because it's like i think the thing about saying we're going beyond is it's it's not a but it's an it's an and. It's like you mm. know all of this stuff about the dysphoria, da 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 da, mm. and you and you're kind of like yeah, okay. And you're not just a walking gender identity. Yeah, society is not just a battle between this and that. And we got stuck. We got stuck, and now we're going beyond trans, yeah. beyond gender, beyond W path. We're going beyond them, mm. and we needed to. Mm. Yeah. Oh my god, we got so stuck in this regressive scenario that wasn't helping anybody mm. i think we're moving beyond it i think it feels kind of oh, nobody wants to say it but it does feel really positive at the moment i think it feels really positive at the moment it the does way feel, there's are. been movement yeah there's been movement yes. there's <laughs> a general feeling of we've we've kind of we've got to the the main population yeah finally all yeah. we ever needed to do was get information out to the population yeah. and i think we're getting it Mm-hmm. And we've done it in a way which is hopefully 
compassionate towards it. We're not playing the game of it's a delusion. There's no such thing as these feelings and all that kind of yeah. Equally, it's a fetish. Yeah, yeah, equally simplistic crap. Because you could see this battle being won that way, and then I fear. I'll be honest. I, I'd be interested in what you've got to say, Benjamin. I fear for Britain. Or no, America. I think Britain and Ireland and Europe are moving beyond. I fear that in America it's moving towards gun laws, abortion rights, trans rights, red states, blue states, mm. screaming outside clinics, placards. The vibe from over here seems to be that's where it's going, mm-hmm. which is devastating. The way I... I, I listened back to the interview I did with you and I thought, God, I come off as really anti-American and you know I'm... No, you're bad with them. <laughs> yeah. So the way I feel about it is, you know, the worst thing a parent can say is like, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. <laughs> That's how I feel about America. Like, I'm not angry, I'm genuinely disappointed. Because I honestly, bear with me. You would think if there was be one country in the English-speaking world which would resist group identitarianism and say we're going to hold on to the idea of the individual, like the, the humanist individual. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you say, like, America would stand individual. a good... Yeah. And yet, yeah. that's not the way it's gone. Yeah. There's more than one America. Uh, I think there's the ruling yeah. uh, America, like the uh, United States government, the state, uh, which yeah. is basically in bed with the media and the universities. It's those people who are really insulated from reality uh, in a lot of different ways. And they control, they basically control the world. And they definitely uh, prop up Europe, you know, and, and uh, the Europe has kind of followed their lead since World War II. Um, and uh, so it's so entrenched and the identitarian politic and, you know, that globalist, cosmopolitan, do what thou willst, um, kind of post-human uh, way of thinking is that's it infected that level, the, the media and the government to a large degree. And so what you saw, there was a shooting at like some sort of uh, LGBT, et cetera, nightclub, uh, people died. And as soon as that happened, it was used as, well, this is why this, this, is caused by all this rhetoric that's anti-trans and anti-gay. This this grooming rhetoric, this right-wing narrative caused this. If you start to look at the story, this kid is obviously, the, the shooter's obviously just mentally messed up. His head is malformed like he was just spent his entire infancy on a bed. His dad's a meth addict, you know, like yes, just, this just homophobic, just the whole thing is like, this is just mentally ill drug culture that like the Democrats are actually the ones that are causing this drug culture to, to foment and, you know, metastasize. And of course it's going to erupt in violence. So the, the, the narrative, and it was really fascinating because the attorneys of the guy, the shooter said that he, he identifies as non-binary. And then you have trans people going on newscasts saying it's, that's obviously a man. You could see from a photo that this is obviously a man. It's like, well, yeah, but so are you. I mean, because you have makeup on doesn't mean that you know. You know, and but the cognitive dissonance is so strong that it has to be propped up by a sheer force of will, sheer force mm-hmm. of narrative. And what's mm-hmm. happening with regard to Elon Musk taking over 
Twitter and stripping out all that HR bullshit, all the woke bullshit, like overnight, we'll see how it goes, right? It's still in early stages, but it shows that it's possible for a single man to take control and strip everything down of all the bullshit and just concentrate on, on something that functions and functions well, right? That, that mindset could be applied politically at some point, which will Mm -hmm. really, really mess up a lot of the people who are entrenched in, in their positions of power. So what we're seeing with Twitter, I would like to propose is an example of monarchy overtaking oligarchy and then kind of using democracy like Elon would be the king and he's using these poles to squeeze out the the oligarchical uh, structure the, the rule of the few wow. the, the elite so you see that in real time we'll see how it works that's just a virtual reality but I think it does have cascading effects with how the stranglehold and gender is one way in which the uh, that elite class is is strangleholding and and you know because through education through media and stuff like that promoting this transhuman sterilization ideology um, that 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 chokehold that it has we can see that the people who are to have the chokehold on narrative aren't as powerful as they appear to be possibly so it so might the, change. I- Somebody tweeted out was like, Elon Musk has taken the laughter track away, the canned laughter. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of what it feels like in a way. And you're suddenly like, oh, these people were never that funny. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. Um, Well, and also, so far, the only appreciable change has been apparently there's been this massive collapse from people who are monitoring this kind of thing in the amount of indecent imagery of children. Basically, that's the only change. It's like, okay, how is this a loss? You yeah. said priority number one is uh, to strip uh, oh, child crazy. exploitation out, out of the... And it's really funny because a lot of Antifa accounts are like, oh, God, we have to save our accounts. He's coming after us, you know, like not really understanding that they're admitting they're a bunch of bad <laughs> Revealing themselves. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly interesting times with Elon. Yeah. So no I... Word privileged they are that like in every other part of human history and society it would be like no the men folk would have come and got you and you would be in a ditch that's what would have happened yeah true yeah. Mm. so i i just yeah. bring that up because there's there's a possibility of a shift in america where it won't be as disappointing um as you but it is so oh. fraught it is really high high wire tension act with the ruling class and uh and gender is just a part of their one part of their uh, whatever it is. It's not really a program. I don't think it's like centrally planned or anything, but it kind of converges on an anti-human kind of ideology with the euthanasia happening in Canada, which I find really fascinating. Oh. It's going the way of like affirmative care. <laughs> like it's going the same way as like, Oh, you just sign Listen up to the child. Mind yeah. you, it's the Dutch who started that, the Belgians. Well, that's familiar. <laughs> Wait, well, could you, could you fill that in? Alistair? Uh, well, medical assistance in dying started and it kind of was first put well, out I, there. I don't want to say it started, but the Belgium, there was that fake, was it in, was Belgium. It in Belgium or the Netherlands? With that, that girl Belgium. who transitioned and then it all went wrong for her and then she opted for euthanasia and, and died mm-hmm. by euthanasia and, and everyone was like, well, you know, that's how her gender journey ended. And you're like, oh my God. And she was really unhappy and Oh my god! If I recall correctly, she only had brothers, and the, and 
the parents were really horrible to her. I think her father was really horrible to her and, and she transitioned and then it didn't work. And then, and that's where she ended up. And that's what people are saying about Canada is they're saying, basically there's going to be all these kids who oh. transition. And then, and then the Canadian state is going to say, well, we're, we're liberal. So, you know, if you want to die, but I, yeah. yeah. I and they're bringing in some sort of, I suppose, like you say, affirmative care for, for euthanasia in Canada. I shouldn't yeah. laugh. It's They're expanding gruesome. it to medical, uh, to mental health too. And even though the mental health experts are saying that we can't, we can't decide when a, we can never tell when a mental illness is terminal or not, or like chronic or not. We can't tell because some they can change. Human, yeah. The human brain can change. So, to yeah. to think that it's terminal and then to justify the suicide by doctor um, over a mental condition or a mature minor I mean, it's just crazy and and you know that the lines are blurring the same way that they're blurring with the gender thing and i think it all kind of converges for whatever reason i don't think it's really planned but it converges on this um view of the human as just this rational willful agent that the only thing that a human being should be subjected to should be what they consent to that the the state is there to allow the, the individual the whole, to yeah the holy religion of consent. Yeah. And so if, if I consent you to murder me, it's all cool. Yeah. If I, like I consent you to, yeah, it's, it's, it's awful. But yeah, euthanasia is, is, is been the kind of Belgium and certainly as far as I know, Belgium and Netherlands is certainly very pro euthanasia. I, I remember reading about an 18 year old who was depressed. I didn't know anything about a transition, but she it was depressed and she died by, by euthanasia. And she was 18. Like you say, what the hell? She hasn't started yeah, yet. You know? It isn't right. Yeah, it's not right. It's, I, it's, I've seen these, like, they have these really futuristic death capsules you get into, you know, and they, they gas you up. You listen to an India video and you just say la vie out. I think oh, they don't. I've, I've seen them. It, it's like this wonderful mm. technological marvel. H having said that, I think if I if I had... You know, I had MS and it was last stages. You know, there's certain illnesses that are awful. Yeah, right? yeah. Know what I mean? That I could see. I could see. I I get it as a concept, but not for babies. It's not problem, for eighteen year olds. It's all to do with where the medical care is coming from. Because you think hundred years ago, right? Yeah. Your doctor would have been the son or maybe daughter of your mother's doctor and back and back oh, and back yeah. and everyone would know and you'd be in the village and then it, if it was the end of your life and you would have known this person for God knows how many years, whole of your life and the doctor would have had a word with your family, maybe with your kids and said, listen, I can make this a bit easier. Da, 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 da. Now think how many doctors we have over the, I mean, how many doctors have you seen? In your oh life? my God. It's, yeah. it's not even, you, you can't barely even know count. me. Yeah. yeah. So there's so the trust is and the whole community and the shape of it is all completely different. Wow. And so then you get the state coming in saying, Well, we need to regulate it. I'm not so I'm not saying it's I'm not saying I'm not advancing an argument for euthanasia. I'm saying that in that context, it's probably what would have happened quite naturally at the end of a lot of people's lives. And oh yeah. We never yeah. needed a policy and nobody ever said and it was kind of this private thing and you would trust your doctor to do it. And my mother always said that she had a friend who was a doctor who used to say, well, in some cases we don't kill ourselves and resuscitate them, yeah. which is the way it was. Yeah, yeah. As in, they'd let it go in certain contexts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. whereas now I think... Yeah. I don't know, it's a little bit more. A friend of mine 
her husband uh, got into real sickness, very deep sickness, and she spoke to the nurse. I'm not going to give much away here, but she spoke to the nurse and said, you know, this is, uh, he, you know, he's, 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 he's not, he's a vegetable and he, he won't like this life. And anyway, the next day, the, the guy died like she, she it seemed like certainly my friend seemed to think he was allowed to die and she was she was okay with that yeah you know now he was he wasn't probably 60 but he wasn't you know what i mean but it was she felt it was a medical decision to allow it to happen in an undersaid way in it like nobody said anything i've had conversations okay. with loved ones where they've said yeah if if certain circumstances, yeah. like if 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 it was basically like you you you're locked in for the rest of your life, they've said, yeah, don't let that happen. Uh, Whether I called, would be able, to. yeah, living will is what it's called. Yeah, living will. If you end up on a reset, if you if you're the only way that your body persists is through machine, turn it off the machine. You can oh. write that well. That's not really that's not euthanasia though. That's just that's the absence of care. Yeah. 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 Well, this went in a cheerful direction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wanted to go beyond gender. <laughs> beyond death. death. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Beyond is, you know, the way they have word of the year. For me, beyond is the word of the year. Mm. Yeah. There was this. You're welcome. <laughs> there was this really interesting when I spoke with Marciano, Lisa Marciano, and I published it just last week uh, about uh, Geta Gender Exploratory Therapy Alliance. She was she just had a tension of even including gender at all because this isn't about gender; it's about therapy. We're not. We're not. There's no such thing as gender therapy. It's all therapy, and she wants yeah. to get away with that. But you have to. You have to onboard it somehow. You have to name it yeah. after this thing that's kind of a mirage, in a yeah. way, or or a block yeah, for find it on Google. deep care. Yeah, you have so, to brand it. SEO. But I think there's there's a very strong argument. A, a Spanish psychiatrist came out this week saying psychotherapy is not conversion therapy. It's such a strong statement. It's such a straight statement, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that we need to think about we in a we we psychotherapists probably should have focused our efforts in protecting the integrity of psychotherapy rather than responding and reacting to affirmative with gender exploratory therapy. Now, there's an argument you have to brand it and explain that we know about gender. There's another way to do it, but you don't have to have it in the name to do that. Really? Well, no, you have to, you have to, you can present something and you can say we're capable of dealing with gender within the frame of psychotherapy for example. Yeah. Yeah. Because in a way we gave it away because it's psychotherapy that all is all we're doing. And affirmative therapy is is has has is not psychotherapy. It's mm. it's a it's a vaguely therapeutically supportive kind of stance, but it's not therapeutic process. It's not it's not the real deal. It's like, you know, when the when somebody brings the Samaritans and you'll get affirmative nodding and they won't challenge you because they don't know you and all they give so if somebody brings who are the, the samaritans who are the samaritans yeah what do you mean by that other than an ancient israel uh not no. israel tribe back in jesus well, times so it's a it's an emergency helpline that you can phone if you're in psychological distress okay. do you not have them i'm sure we do but i i don't i never call 
people when okay. I'm sad. So. <laughs> well, you can call us Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be your ancient. I'll be your Samaritan. <laughs> So it's like so a suicide helpline or something like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, well, they they don't give, they won't know you. So they don't give a psychotherapeutic process. What they give is affirmative care, which is, yeah, 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 yeah. Nodding dog, you know what I mean? And we, we needed to proclaim the fact that affirmative therapy is not therapy. It's fundamentally not therapy. It's just mm. supportive noises. But we, we allowed that through our fingers. But I think we're going to reclaim it. Hmm. You know? It is difficult, though, because you can see... Yeah. If a parent is, like, trying Gender. to get a kid to the therapist, yeah. having that word in... Yeah. Yeah, what do yeah. you do? And you have to know about gender to understand, to work with some kids. Yeah. So it, really it, it's become a thing. So it is a yeah. thing. Yeah. So you have to understand yeah. what the thing is. You do. Yeah. You can't dismiss it. Yeah. I remember myself and Sasha Ayad and Lisa Marciano, we went to a conference of psychoanalysts, I think, and uh, they were discussing gender. But they, they, they were good. Like they, they were very good in their in their psychology. But they had completely missed the impact of online. They, they, they did oh. the entire conference without acknowledging there's an online <laughs> aspect. And so you just thought, well, you, you've missed a massive section. You've missed a massive section of the psyche here. So what were they doing? Were they just like behaving as all the Aishis? Gender roles and, right. you know, different things around that, but missed the impact of the internet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like, well, these people don't really know what they're talking about. And were they older? They were older, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Yeah, bless them. They were right to hold the thing, but it was shocking when you saw. Oh, imagine somebody going to that person, and they wouldn't know if they were talking to a teenager. What's your tech use? Who are you watching? Who's yeah. the YouTubers? Who are your influencers? All, all of that. Uh, yeah. And then, and the parent would be paying good money. Yeah, massive money if it's psychoanalyst. <laughs> are they even much more expensive? Yeah. Oh, and you're going like three times a week, and it's a much bigger process and. Jesus. I know. Frightening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we uh, were playing catch up with the Internet. I think every professional, every profession, the humanities itself is all playing catch up with uh, the Internet. I, I really saw that. And one of the failures of the Evergreen State College fiasco was that the, the teachers and the administrators for all of their fuck nuttery didn't really understand the power of the Internet and the power of social media and the power of congregating and orchestrating a movement like that and dis just shattering disinformation and just uh, wreaking havoc with reality. It was so far beyond them. And then when just with the, what the students did and then what happened when all that video was uploaded and the eyes of the world descended upon Evergreen, they had no idea how idiotic they looked. They had no concept of what the internet had done and, and the way that it shattered and, and 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 blew up everything right you could see that they thought they were just dealing with a series of individuals so that the one person would come along and do the crazy thing and they could kind of you could see in your videos they were kind of like okay well i can do and it's like no 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 you're up against this is like a shoal of fish <laughs> this is this is a, a movement it's it's yeah. it's yeah. way beyond you yeah. and what was his name who was the useless one <laughs> the, the president yeah george bridges yeah 
George Bridges. And, and you could just see him just like, it was almost like he was doing triage, like moving from one crazy person to the next crazy person. And yeah. you couldn't see that it was way like, out of his time. Like a shoal of piranha fish. It's like they may not look big, mm-hmm. but they're yeah. fucked. And then, well, and then, and also what happened outside, they could only ever conceive of it of it as the alt-right or MAGA was all against yeah. them. Like they, they, they had no concept of just how many voices and how many channels and how many individuals. And, in, and the whole thing is takes place like literally in the woods. So it's, it's like even physically, they're like sheltered from the outside in this kind of fairy tale way in their little fairy tale village. It's really, really yeah. fun. I must watch that again, actually. I was just like, Oh, that's how you got into all this world you 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 followed I benjamin that? i think i probably did see that before i saw your video with the rogd rubber yeah i probably did watch yeah because like oh. 20 something episodes your your evergreen yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's long i but probably that, did watch before rogd mother that was the first video that clued you that's in. the first thing i'd heard about any of this really yeah, I rewatched it the other day. I say watched. I mean, she's she's not on camera, so it's mainly a listen. Um, yeah, that's the first. Did you rewatch it, Jill? Yeah, just I thought, you know, why? What was it? Yeah, Do you know? and did you figure it out? Well, I think I already knew, but I think she. I think she. I think the key thing is she didn't come off as somebody who felt sorry for herself. She put her she put herself forward insofar as you can do when you're when you're in that situation. Really, do you know that it wasn't poor me, poor me. It was this hmm. bad thing has happened, and it, and just kind oh. of laying it out there, you know, in that way. And I think if she had been poor me, and if she had been crying and remonstrating and all the rest of it, I probably I probably wouldn't have made it through to the end of the interview. Wow. Do you know? And from that, you went I'd to, love to meet her. Do you, did you, have you contacted her? No, well, I wouldn't know. Well, I, no, I, I don't I, know if she's going to have her back on. Uh, things changed with her daughter. They're on speaking terms now. They were at a very, in the dear of their relationship. Yeah, that, that was the first uh, interview of that type. I don't like to interview somebody about somebody else. It's just so fraught. Um, right. Um, but what happened after that, uh, Alistair, like, how did you, what was the next step on, on your gender journey? Blech. Go on. <laughs> uh, the next step was, um, I joined gendercriticalresources.com, which is mainly American. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, I guess you would say it's soft vetted. It's not vetted, vetted. Okay. So they do say, "Don't use your real name. We can't guarantee. We can't make any promises about your, you know, whatever." Um, but it's somewhat vetted, so people feel safe talking. And uh, I, it took me about. I don't know. In my head, it's like three months, maybe, to actually get somebody to talk to me face to face um so i just posted why did you messages. want somebody to talk to you like what made you go on to gender critical resources yeah what was uh, well yeah. because i sort of had this idea that i would write about it oh really yeah immediately from listening to that woman no i listened to that woman and then i listened to a couple of other bits wow 
I listened to uh, it's quite famous now the Heritage Foundation video oh, yeah. with the radical separatist lesbian and the and the buttoned up. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking going. about that. So, all right, okay. Um, and yeah, and then a few, and then a few, and then I kind of was quite horrified at that point. So I went on to gender critical resources, and I basically said, I don't really have a dog in this fight. I'm not trans i'm not planning to be trans i don't have kids i'm not planning to have kids but i just want you to know that you know there are people who um are gay and don't think that you're bigots and it, they were i think there are a couple of people that i could name if we weren't doing this publicly who are still you know oh. very close friends neil and who were really like i'd say back then they were really feeling very beleaguered yeah, and they, they were. didn't. They weren't seeing any support, and it was genuinely, I think, for the, some of them, the first. They were so lonely. Yeah, and but it was this is 2019. Heard somebody. What you say, Ben? This is in 2019, if I recall correctly. No, this is 2020. 2020. 2020. Yeah. Okay. Feels like it was about 15 years ago, but I know. I know. <laughs> um, and and then finally, yeah, finally, I was allowed into the boys. The boys group. The boys group. <laughs> Finally. And they had to have a special... You know, I wasn't allowed in to a support group. They okay. did a special thing for me and a couple of other people who wanted to do, like, media work and stuff. So they kind of convened, what would you call it, like, a, like an advocacy okay. meeting. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. And then I... Got. I did two interviews, and the second one was with uh, the woman who runs Pitt. This is all. This is really strange because I just really want to. You want to say everyone's name, and I want to say we're yeah. being very careful. Um, and oh, yeah. the woman who runs Pitt kind of basically went back to the group and said, "This guy's okay." Yeah. And then, and then it was like, I, in the end, I was turning people away. <laughs> And away. somewhere in the midst of all that, that woman who runs Pitt emailed me to say, oh, there's a nice gentleman who lives near you who's interested in gender. Oh, <laughs> OK. And I had this image of this kind of 65 year old gentleman farmer who's probably very odd. <laughs> there's a certain type of gentleman farmer around here because I live rural. That's true. Yeah, there is. I had him totally. And I was like, oh, that's very nice. That's very nice. I'll have a cup of tea with him someday. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a strange name <laughs> don't be assorted and then it must have been six months before we met I didn't take it seriously at all I said oh that's lovely that's nice and then it was six months before we actually no it wasn't met. six months I thought that was December and I didn't meet you till April something like that five months Wait, 20, 21 2022 2021 yeah. yeah and you read his articles in Quillette yeah I said something like it'd be lovely to meet you you sent me the Quillette and I read them all in a night and it was like half a book. Hmm. And I thought, oh man, this is mega. And then he was coming over to my house anyway. And then, I, the next day. and then it was all over. Come on in. <laughs> You're a friend of mine. <laughs> and then I got, yeah, and finally, yeah. Uh, mind you, like, I have to say, yeah, it, from your perspective, largely the geography of it, it must yeah. have been a bit like, weren't well, it? 
Yeah, what totally. What is this? Yeah, totally. And he's down the road. Like, yeah, he's 25 so minutes strange. Away. Yeah. It was so strange. It'd be like, <laughs> Benjamin, if you found out somebody 20 minutes down the road was utterly immersed and you'd go, how did I not know this? How did I not know this? Mm-hmm. I presume, or uh, do you know many people in real life? Mm. Go on, Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Any gender people in real life? Gender people in real life? No, 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 no. None no. at all? Not really, no. I mean, uh, other than not real life, this is a form of knowing. Yeah, no, I'm just talking real life, because if you met, yeah. if you found out that somebody really completely immersed who's written half a book, yeah. 32,000 words of, from what I can remember, yeah, uh, and they were living 20 minutes from you, it just so shocking. It's interesting because uh, for whatever reason, this area of the United States was kind of always a little bit on the forefront, even ahead of California in a way. Like the transition thing just kind of got a part of the soup. I think it has something to do with the, I don't know, like this is really kooky. It's I think it's, it, I think it's like the, 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 just the, it's like the gender of plants. Plants like have this weirdly creepy kind of gender where they switch gender. There's just so much plant force in in the Pacific Northwest. You? I'm in the Washington state. It's probably just as green, if not greener than Ireland. Yeah. It's really just damp and, you know, grungy. And here. it's about the same temperature. In the Is it? Yeah. 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 I think we probably get more snow than you guys. Uh, yeah. Probably. But yeah. 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 That's so interesting. So there's a lot of grungy kind of plants that you think are very I I just think that like the the life here is really in dialogue with nature in a way that makes sense that people would start to, you know, feel and just run their life through their feelings. Uh like really favor their feelings just because of the just the amount of Plant force, but I'm I'm being very woo, so I'm gonna shut up now. But um, because yeah, lives in a hippie area, that's that's basically no, it's okay. very hippie. I mean, even evergreen, just like super, like you can just feel like just the energy of the place is just really informed by nature in a very particular way that gives rise to people just feeling, doing a lot of just feeling and and passive aggressive yeah. kind of communication, kind of stuff. It's just kind of interesting. So I don't know, but. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that there should be like some sort of gender specialist in the area because it just it's a part of the culture here and has been for so long. But uh, bound to be. I'm going to make it my business. It's great when you do meet somebody in real life, isn't it? Well, I know it's so um, different. People in um, I know a couple of people that I've met through real life. Yeah, which is saying something because it's like it's not like I live in Dublin. Nope. Or something where it'd be like, okay, well, that's reasonable to say there's somebody within 10 minutes of me who's dealing with this, but it's huge stuff. Living in the middle of Tipperary. Tipperary. You wouldn't expect it, but yeah. 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 Two now. <laughs> yeah. I know a few now, at least. There's plenty now. Mm. When I first was into it, there's nobody in Ireland that I knew, mm. which was lonely. But they must seek you out, though, those. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Alistair, have you... uh, I know you're going through uh, hardcore uh, therapy right now. Uh, But I'm wondering, like, your brain doesn't necessarily turn off while you're doing it. So I'm just wondering, like, what are the... Are you you thinking about things? Do you have, like, something percolating in the back of your head, like a project or something like that? Kind of. I mean, it doesn't... What I'm going through at the minute doesn't take very long. 
it's more the driving. It's 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 three hours a day, but nearly all of that's driving. To be honest, it's near and a it's bit radiotherapy. Uh, radiotherapy. The radiotherapy itself is is. I mean, the actual radiotherapy itself is five minutes, if that. Um, so you, yeah. Um, I'm. I'm very invested. I'm, I'm very invested in what you're doing and kind of watching and not <laughs> able to, you know, and sort of like see, see where it goes, see where things go. He's got shaking his head every night, going, "Jesus, Stella, get it together." Um, I would like. I think that with, I think that we're going to see an explosion of people whose lives have been diverted. That's a euphemism by the internet and by grooming, narrow band use of the word grooming, sexual grooming. And I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking, do you know, there's a real risk that just nobody does anything about it and it ends up being like the the the, the Catholic the scandal that there was, do you know? Oh. Which was an, which just went on for decades and decades and decades. Yeah. But there's another way that we could go, which is we could talk about it. And hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's such a difficult thing for people to talk about. Um, and I don't know that there's any appetite to talk about it. I think it's nice and... Talk about what? Well, I think about the effect that the internet has had on adolescents and adolescent sexuality and particularly within that undue influence and grooming and stuff like that. And I think it's great that Gays Against Groomers are talking about that. Yeah. It has to be said that they're talking about grooming in a much more like, in, in a much bigger way, like indoctrination yeah, as well as sexual grooming and I just wonder how many young people are, are there out there who are going to huge amount I know huge amount I think between 10 and 20 you know a kid goes from asexual to sexual hmm. and I don't think we are we have a notion about how to handle it so there's all these people yeah. Yeah. who are learning their sexuality hetero or homosexual it doesn't matter but through online uh, and they're kind of getting lured into way over their head uh, by bad people. Mm -hmm. And they're getting lured in and they're half, probably understandably, half enjoying it at the start. And then they're in over their head and they don't know how the hell to get back out. And they're half compelled to go back because there is a sexual urge there. But they're also kind of freaked out and absolutely freaking themselves out. And as a psychotherapist, I've worked with quite a few people, teenagers, who have freaked themselves out in where they ended up online. Mm. You know, just literally got like, I am, mm. I am way over my head. I'm frightened and mm. I'm turned on and I hate it and it disgusts me and I love it. Mm. And we're like, we're it's they've been given a bomb. Yeah. 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 So I suppose that I, I'm kind of thinking it could go in one of two directions. And one of them is frightening, is is kind of like the priests and what we saw and it. Just yeah. nobody talked about it for decades. And then when it came out, there were all these people saying, well, yeah, well, that was an open secret. Do you know? Yeah. And, and we all could. did it and it didn't do me any harm. Yeah. It did everybody. Yeah. And it could go in, in that direction um, mm. if people don't, hmm. if people feel like they can't talk about it. 
And I don't know anyone who's talking about it. grooming? It's so clever. You know, like sometimes you look and, and things and say, how did grooming become a dirty word for us to talk about? Mm. Do you understand me? Mm. That if I say grooming, I'm the baddie mm. rather than the... No, 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 no. The thing, <laughs> the thing is bad. It's not me talking about it. I think it's kind of difficult because it, when we're talking about it online, it, there's no physical contact. So you possibly feel like if you say child sexual abuse you might feel like you're kind of, if you're in that young young situation, and you're kind of aware that there's something horrendous about being physically assaulted that you didn't go through. So you don't want to say that. You don't want to make that claim. Yeah, appropriate. But at the same time, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you you know, if you've you... been through something really, and it's extensive. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's girls and boys. I think it's... Yeah, I think it, I, I, I I would have a lot less confidence talking about what that must be like. For well, a it's yeah. it, it's it's invisible. It, like the drag queen story hour, for whatever reason, I don't know why the left in America really wants that to happen, and they're putting their eggs. In. So you know, you're like, well, are you guys a bunch of pedos? But anyway, so that's very visible. It's out there. So there's a there's a bar with a guy with fake tits on and a child putting. Uh, money into the bra right like it's just like it's there it's very explicit that's wrong visceral reaction or it's right and we have to defend it for freedom of speech or like or what about hooters what about hooters you know whatever that that stuff's in real life very explicit uh very uh decay of society but the online stuff and chat rooms and forums how do you like you'd have to make some sort of movie that you couldn't even show to really show people what is going on in there. Like you can't even make a, a representation of that that isn't in and of itself exploitive, right? It'd be really difficult. There's one, there was one um, uh, CBC Canadian broadcasting, I think, uh, program on pedophilia and they had James Cantor in their problematic guy. I, I like him though. Um, but like they drama dramatized like a pedophile with a, a young boy thing. And just like, just the way they drama dramatize it, it was just like revolting. And you could see like, well, maybe this is a turn on, maybe this is porn for somebody else. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you can't even really show what it is without, perpetuating what it is so it's well, just also a lot of these men are very clever and so i mean there was a, there were a couple of british documentaries which they were one of the there were documentaries where it's like follow the police and they were quite general they were following the police and every like lots of different investigations but it went in a direction which obviously i watched because i was interested in it, of um guys like that and you can see you can see the little wheels turning. As soon as you put a camera, they're kind of like, well, I'll get my, I'll try and elicit some sympathy here. So it's a dangerous thing to do, even to show them in that context. Well, where you're, the groomers, well, the pedophiles, pedophiles you, you they immediately see. went in for the sympathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you Catch a Predator it. kind of show? Is that what we're talking about? No, 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 no. It was more like, I don't know what, maybe it's not quite the same in the US, but it, it would just be like a sort of like a real life, we followed the police and yeah. they would be investigating different, they'd like have one murder case that they followed and one... I've They're really good at up. that, please feel sorry for me. Mm. I'm just, I, I'm just a pathetic person. Yeah. yeah they really, they play to the hilt on that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's almost a day, even if you have like a controlled, even if you're involving the police, you can see that a filmmaker might be thinking, ah, 
Am I? How do I know I'm doing more good than harm here? I was imagining. I think it would be a good film if you if you saw them. I'm sorry, I'm gonna to have to get rid of that dog again. Sorry. That's fine. That's fine. I like the way she runs away. She comes to scratch the door, then she runs away. When <laughs> <laughs> I get up, she runs away when she hears you get up. Is <laughs> is the theme song to your cop show "Naughty Boys, Naughty Boys"? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Is there a British version of that? <laughs> Terrible song. Um, no. Yeah. So I. Uh, I think there'd be a good film where the kid is kind of messaging. And, you know, the words on the screen, you know, it'd be one of those kind of taut kind of films where the kid is getting in over their head. And, you know, do you remember that weird film? It was good. Uh, Juliette Lewis, when she was a kid and Robert De Niro, Cape Fear. Hmm. And do you not remember that? Oh, it's great. Everybody laughed at it at the time. Great film. Like I'm talking 20, 30 years old. And he, Robert De Niro is a teacher and he's grooming Juliette Lewis. And he's talking to her on the phone and he's half turning her on and half. And she's only a kid, like she's only a young teenager and she's out of her depth and he brings her along. And it's all words. Mm. Nothing is happening except words. And it's not even it's not even dirty words. It's it's kind of flirting and, and compliments and just bringing her in with, oh, you're so clever. And that's and, what they do. They, yeah. They're kind of feeding your top of your hierarchy of yes. needs. There's your self-actualization stuff. Mm. And they're telling you how unique you are yeah. and how special you are and how creative you are. And then actually like... Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you're very special. Yeah. And you seem a little bit upset. Are you a little bit upset? And she's like, well, I am a little. And he goes, I wonder, does your does your mom and dad not really understand you? And, and it's he does it so well. It's only a small part of the film, but he does it so well. You're just, mm. oh, my God. Just feeding in so easily, so easily mm. done with a and, young teenager. And, and, and there, there is a on on the bringing this up. There is I, I've spoke with one parent who you know uh, looked at what her daughter's friends were posting online. And the teenage girls are the ones seducing men, too. I mean, the, the, the oh, teenage yeah. girls are like, well, I, prostituting themselves for money and favors. So there, it's not just like victim. It's not just all well, everybody's a victim. It's like there's a power dynamic that that is also thrilling. Let's go down there, yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, the, the, there's another way. To, there's, there's a few ways to read that because no. um, as a teenage girl, it's, it's, a, it's an extraordinary situation where suddenly the world is just looking at you as in you are so hot. Yeah. And that's a, a very heady feeling for anybody. And so you can be half kind of going, OK, right. OK, so you're literally you're slavering for me. You do anything for me. You give me any sort of money for anything, for even like if I if I smile, if I giggle at you, you're going to give me money. Six months ago, you were a child. Yeah. yeah. And the, yeah. the power is foisted upon your head. They didn't. These 14 year old girls, they didn't ask everybody to give them this powerful sexuality. It's been foisted upon them. By, by, frankly, men who who should be turning their heads away and staying the hell away from these girls. So they put it upon them and then the girls start using it as you would. If suddenly everybody is saying, you're so amazing, you're so amazing, just give me a little giggle, just show me your foot. 
You know what I mean? And it's just that basic at the beginning. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah. right? Yeah. You're going to give me 50 yeah. quid for that? Okay, this is mad. Yeah. This is dirty and mad and weird and Christ, I wouldn't mind those, that money. But I could walk away from it. And it's silly. And I'm having a laugh with my friends. Yeah. And, you know, I read a great book about um, a woman who, who ended up in, in, in sex um, kind of selling sex and prostitution. And it started off as this giggly laugh with her friends where the men were all mad for them and they were ha online having a laugh. Yeah. Kind of, isn't it hilarious how these men would just literally throw money at us for anything? And then the girl understandably went back and like, well, would you really give me a hundred quid for just being on the, just looking at you? for five minutes, would you really? It's hard to explain. You couldn't blame those girls for it. They, they're, the, it's been foisted on yeah, them yeah, and they've been yeah. offered it. You would it would go to anybody. I'm, I'm just thinking, I was just trying to complexify the discourse because it's not just about pure victimization. There's power dynamics that are going yeah. from and to and so and plus I bring that up too because the getting over that and doing therapy or like putting yourself back together as an adult, you have to kind of deal with some guilt around self exploitation. Like I did this willfully. I put myself in I I I took the bait. I, I participated in that. And to to ignore that I think is to miss part of the picture. There's a really important point in that which is I so in the interview I did with you, I used the phrase, I, I said, I got myself groomed. I heard like saw I, that, I, yeah. It's not like I planned it and thought it out. And somebody kind of came in and said, you shouldn't say that. And my initial reaction was... How dare you? Fuck off, policing <laughs> me. My language. My language <laughs> in, a, in a... Not just my language, because I think we do... We, we should weigh in on... Uh, but more just like... It, it was obviously an intensely sensitive thing so it's like mm. if there's one area where you would kind of accept a bit of you know whatever um but i do think that there's something there's something in what you're saying uh, so for boys let's say okay. um where like if you're in a kind of exploitative coercive sort of relationship with uh i don't know what would we say like a, a predatory man you know you're doing the wrong thing. So where's the law? Is that is saying that blame? I would say no. I would say that it, it's agency. It's looking back and saying, okay, I used my agency in a certain way, and maybe there's a parallel universe where instead I went out and I was robbing stuff. Do you know what I mean? Do you see what I mean? Like if you went through a trauma and you kind of responded in a certain way, so you can accept the existence of agency without it immediately going into blame. That is possible. We have to, I think, we have to be able to say, like, I recognise that I did something. I think it was the wrong thing to do. That is not me blaming myself. Well, it, I don't I see I how you go forward without a sense of responsibility. I, I think you just need to own it. I, I don't think that just hiding behind being victimised... Yeah, is shutting is shutting off. It is shutting. I don't know if we're communicating on the same. I don't. I just want to bring up one point. Like, if if the first person, if somebody, if you're becoming a sexual person, yeah. whether you, whether it's online or whether it's in real life, and if the person who's a predator is the first person who's made you orgasm, and how you and that is common, and it, if you keep on going back for more, because you've discovered orgasm. No, 
I, I can completely understand why you'd be going back for more. And I no, I don't see any agency or self-responsibility or anything like that. I think you were brought into a world that a predator brought you into and you understandably keep going back for. No, I, I don't see that. I just think that person, that predator shouldn't have been there. Maybe I'm missing you here. Or maybe I'm missing you both. But it's something I think that isn't said enough, that the person who might be getting abused might be getting sexual kicks out of it. And that's fair enough and very understandable why they'd go back. Yeah, I think we might just be using the word agency in a slightly different okay. way. I, I'm just saying like, so in my case, I knew I was doing the wrong thing. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I had, had no fault and I had no blame. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're together in that. But I'm I'm saying, like, I can't pretend that I didn't know I was doing the wrong thing. And that's important. Okay. Okay. The but it's, it's, I'd say it's more important to say, if anyone said, well, you kind of knew what you were doing. No. Fuck off. Absolutely not. No, I'm, yeah, I'm not blaming the victim. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying from, from a therapeutic point of view, going back into like as somebody who's 28 wakes up like, wow, I was dealing with a lot of pain and suffering, traces it back to online grooming and then goes to the point of retelling that story. Like, do you, do, do you not need to say, okay, I put, I, I was, I was a participant I'm not to blame. I was groomed. I was manipulated, but I was a participant. I, I, I just claiming that and owning that and then forgiving oneself is a part of the process. Not, and I think it, it, to forgive yourself is, is important, not just to blame the other person completely, you know, because you, you need to take your life back. You have to own that. Even if you're uh, in over your head or you got suckered. I think right. that's very interesting. I think that it kind of, I think that there's, we're not great at talking about forgiveness. And I, I wish there was a more developed conversation around it because there's like, what's the point of forgiveness? Because there are two very different schools of thought. There's one, which is it helps you. So yeah. you do something awful to me. I know you forgive. Yeah, as, sorry, uh, yeah. I, I forgive you, but I'm actually doing it for myself so I can move on. But there's another point of view, which is that I'm forgiving you. Let's say. Yeah. Kind of, do you know what, like at a higher conceptual level? Because yeah. I was thinking, like, do I forgive? Yeah. And Your groomer. Yeah, and I was thinking, I'm not actually sure I do, but it doesn't kind of matter because I've got to the point where uh, an intrusive thought, there are, I don't have intrusive thoughts uh -huh. at all, and I can think about it and be quite calm. Cool. Now, that's mainly because... I resolved, you know, I, I sought resolution. Yeah. But, like, I got to the point where, have I forgiven him? I don't know. It's as though I have. Maybe I haven't. But it kind of doesn't matter because he doesn't make my life worse. No. Do you see what I mean? So it depends whether you have a utilitarian view of forgiveness. Yeah. Like, it has yeah. to... Have a function. It has to have a function. Or does it? Or is it a much more spiritual... In, in your in yeah. your healing process, Alistair, from what you've shared with me, you went through a vengeful phase. Like you went, like I'm, but you used your will. Like you used your agency. Like I'm going to go and do something about this. I'm going to take yeah. these men down. And then later yeah. on, you went through phases of uh, kind of letting that go. But then when you came back on the gender scene, you're still working that out. You're 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 you, from a position of wisdom, and and from being in that position. You're like, okay, I want to I want to prevent this. I want to do something with this. And it was you owning being on that 
receiving end of, of that manipulation that, that allows you to have wisdom and also kind of puts your skin in the game in a way. Yeah, but I think the big the big thing is to turn around and face other people because what I was doing was so private. Yeah, big and difference. It's, it's all the difference in the world. It's all uh, the difference in the world. It's turning around and saying to other people, look what's going on over there. I can explain this to you. And here's you and here's me as normal members of society talking about something abnormal, ugly, yeah. horrible. Whereas if you're... It, it's almost like it's which direction are you facing? Yeah, that's a really like, good point. I'm not... And they say in like Alcoholics Anonymous and this 12 steps and stuff, that part of the recovery is reaching out to other people. Yeah. And that was kind of, it's towards the end yeah. of the recovery process. You start then helping others. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. And somebody said, somebody left a message saying, like when I was talking about it, like I, I came off as though I was guilty. And I thought really hard about that. And it's the, the best analogy I can get for it is it's like how they got Al Capone on tax. Yeah. That's how I feel about the guys I went after because it was vicarious because it wasn't the person, the guy. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So it's like it's a victory, but it's a really hollow Hmm. victory yeah and, and then you you combine that with the fact that it's private and you're not telling anyone about it and it feels it's kind obsessive. of you're just locked yeah. in this w obsessive and you're locked in this Dark. world hmm. and staying well, but form. but you were trying to do something well that's why i'm yeah. saying going back to agency like it was like it was yeah. like maybe you were trying to compensate for the fact that you didn't know what you had been doing before when you got groomed you were doing something then it wasn't just yeah. they, he didn't make you do these things he, he manipulated into you doing those things and then he had to do something about that i just i just yeah, wonder about in the therapeutic context in the process of healing and forgiveness if 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 just blaming and putting it all on the abuser is is kind of selling short the need for the individual to to just holistically integrate their role in the abuse, and I know that I know I'm walking on eggshells here, um, but I don't yeah, mean to blame anything. I'm talking about therapy. I'm talking about like later on, like getting over it, putting it behind you, forgiving yourself, forgiving the other person, doing something, converting that. Right. You know, fundamentally, I can only speak for myself. I um, don't know that that would be the right thing to do for somebody else. I've ever since I started talking to you about this, I'm like, I, I would never ever say to somebody, "Do this," or "Do what I did." Really? Yeah. I'm not sure I would say to them, "Don't do it." Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say to them, "Do it," because it's like, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know how you're going to react to that. You like, look back; it's very noticeable when Alistair talks about that period, the vengeful period. You look back really like horrified. It was a bad time, and it was life. just incredibly lonely. Hmm. Do you know? Yeah. And also, like I was thinking about it, like I had a friend who went through a terrible divorce, and I was just absent. I was just not there for her because at the time that that happened to her was when I had this really catastrophic fallout from one of these. One of them got away. Yeah. And I was just not there. And this is a very gentle, decent person who deserved better. And know, did anybody better. know in your life that you'd been stalking somebody and nearly got them and they got away? Stalking's a harsh word. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. They did? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Devastating. Horrible. 
Yeah. Oh, that was bad. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. Joker got away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the Batman song? Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin laid an egg. Batmobile lost a will and the Joker got away. I just, I think of your vengeful period as the Batman. I just see you like, like crawling through the night, like looking for bad guys and the Joker just got away. It's not true to say I didn't leave the house. I did leave the house, but I wasn't. Yeah. I'm thinking just metaphorically. (laughs) I wonder, you know, what what to do if you've been through that gooming. I would so be you, I think. I would be online. Oh, I'd be dangerous. I would be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I would be. I would definitely go through that period, though. I'll, I'll bring you down. I'll bring you all down. Well, that was incredibly powerful. Mm. Yeah. What is? What's unpowerful? What he did. Well, if it works. Going after somebody. Going after a pedophile online, you know. I could see. I could see. I could see why those pedophile hunters do it. Do, you know those guys. Yeah, I, I see what they do. I do, but it's it's very hard to know because it's a mess. Nobody's got a solution for what to do. We don't even with, have any numbers. Like. Oh, we don't know what to do. What do we do? What does society do with pedophiles? Yeah, no. Nobody has come up with what the hell are we meant to do with them? Well, I, yeah, but I mean, it's just like the the. <laughs> I mean, you, we don't have i guess we have the wood chipper of of reputation right that's the only thing we have but like there's no guardrails there's no safety like there's too many kids out there with parents who aren't paying attention there's just it's just like a you know like really sorry for this image but it's just like a pedophile could be like those old western guys who would get on a train and just shoot buffalo just like because there's so much, oh. there's just so much yeah. opportunity. There's so much prey out this there. This is the thing that if you went back before the internet, like if if you were a pedophile, the the best case scenario for you would be you could, God forbid, you could get a job in a school or in a church. Yeah. Whereas now it's like internet. You need internet. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. And it kind of there was it kind of got good. The, the stats were improved in the 1990s because they put in a lot of um, they put in a lot of guards around sports scouts. Mm. You know, they started to kind of clean up their act. Yeah, and yeah. also, yeah, I know. And also, SSRIs made a difference for a lot of um, those pedophiles insofar as they started. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's what I've studied and saw. But then it. it almost immediately got toppled by the online, the internet. So there might have been a five-year... Well, and then, and then gender comes around and just, like, erases the difference between male and female and age and everything. Every every single thing is dissolved by this concept of gender and identity. Yeah. And it's also, like, you know, like, there used to always be a few creepy men in every town. And we all knew them. They were mm. there standing outside the shop and standing outside the church. They just existed. They were just in every town, you know, the yeah. creepy men. Yeah. And um, those creepy men, I just don't think they're visually around. I think they're in inside online now. Yeah. And well, because they can get it all inside. They yeah. That's where it is. Man. And it's between spell check and Grammarly, it. they can look halfway on. <laughs> you know what I mean? You wouldn't know. You don't see, you can see them. Back in the day, you could see a lot of creeps. Not all of them, but you could see a section mm. of them. Mm. And they've all gone online. And I think mm. the scandal will come out mm. about what was going on. 
Yeah, I, I think maybe it needs to it needs to be it needs to be dramatized or reported on. Like people, like it's one thing for the material to be out there, the pictures, the cartoons, and stuff, but it's the act of grooming that I don't think people really understand just how manipulative in these in these chat boxes and how hypnotic it is to be in these communities and and to be getting all this virtual endorphin rush from all this communication and and. Uh, there's, there should be a movie about Reddit, right? You know, like how would you dr dramatize like getting your head in that space and then being pulled right. along and send me in the DMs and send me a picture. Yeah. Here's a picture of me or whatever, you know, like there's... That's a really good point though because it's, it's like that would be a dreadful movie because it would just be words on a screen. Like imagine if you actually went to the cinema and you'd just be like, I'm just watching... <laughs> transcripts yeah. Yeah. Good book, it's, it's really yeah. difficult well, because you're talking about that you're talking about hormones you're talking about the feeling not just the feeling of hormones but the first feeling of i could see a film and he reads out the script the kid is reading it out reading it out as they're looking and then the mother comes in saying do you want to come down for your dinner no no and mm. uh, you know the double life the really kind of innocent life in school and then coming back and going back on and going back on and getting the i see a great film really good but i just i don't see outside of drama like really getting out the word i guess conversations like this it's just a really difficult conversation to have and i don't think a lot of people are really aware really really aware and awareness is one way to give people but the tools it's i think it's kind of interesting how few people actually say what happened mm -hmm. do you know what i mean actually say well i was 12 i this I that, I the other. Do you know what I mean? People don't say it, which suggests there's still an awful lot of shame involved. Can I say it to you like the second night we met? And yeah. Fair play to you. You didn't go, <laughs> you freak, leave my house. Why are you giving so I much away? Like, so we're, uh, yeah, I obviously felt very well, able. Nice. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. Wait, did well, you guys record this? Uh, no. Okay, well, I'm <laughs> saying it's a kind of... A, it's what kind of a different happened? conversation to have behind closed doors as opposed to online. Yeah, when somebody starts talking about something, I just say, hang on a second, I'll just get my phone and I'll start recording. <laughs> do you do that, Ben? I do it all the time. Um, <laughs> that's all I do. Uh, I was just saying, like, like, it's not out there because... It, it took you a long time, Alistair, to be ready to, to present that. So there's a lot of stories, stories that I'm sure yeah. are being shared behind closed doors and stuff, but there's not general, general awareness of just the vortex of predatory behavior on the internet with regard to 13 year olds. We it talk about social contagion, but like the, the predatorial stuff, I think is overlooked and then it's politicized. And then people who are using the groom, groomer term for a left, right America culture war battle are even further obscuring this really culture. nuanced, dramatic interplay of, of wills on the internet. It would be very interesting to do something like what I did with in, in Quillette, but with... <gasps> it would. Now, oh, it my would, God. Yeah, Wouldn't that be see, amazing? But where would you find the people? That's the thing, because I went to... Put up. <laughs> and just like... Do you hear what he's talking about? To do the equivalent of what he did with Quillette for the parents and the, the lives they were having with the boys, and instead do the equivalent with people who've been groomed. So for the for the... 
ignorant audience member, the audience member in the dark, Alistair, you made a case studies. You studied oh, yes. boys who had gotten taken into the trans ideology. Close. No, I would. I I presented the perspectives of their parents. I think it's important to say that there could be. Sorry, I'm not nitpicking, but no. it, there is a key difference um, because I think they felt silenced and they couldn't, you know, because now we've got like Pish, we've got Jen Spectre Unheard, we've got all sorts of things. And then you've got people telling their story in all sorts of different ways. And, and like you and I know now, we, there's loads of journalists where we could ring them up and, there's, and say, there's, oh, I've got a story. We've got over 20 parent groups around the world. Mm, there's something yeah. like 25 countries now in Genspect. It's really got big. Whereas back yeah. then, there was I nothing. Think, no. It was very little. Um, it was all secret networks, as you said. So I, so I think the value of what I did is presented it with what I think there is a value to the kind of pit style thing of everyone having their own voice. But I think there's also a value of one, one observer yeah. kind of seeing the whole thing and presenting it, you know, like that. So I wrote the, I just wrote the perspective, their perspective of what had happened from their, you know, the sequence of events from their point of view and how they felt and, and so forth. I think it would be, there would be a challenge to do that on the issue of grooming because for a start i wasn't with the exception of one thing i wasn't alleging criminality there was only one criminal act i let which was actually grooming mm. <laughs> in the quillette series i did about the parents whereas if if you were talking to a bunch of young people there's mm, do you know i don't know i don't know if an online journal would go for that because it's arguably quite legally the point is to bring it out like a yes i wonder like benjamin have you do you do you feel under obligation not to say if somebody says i want to talk to you about my grooming the grooming that happened to me you you'd be you as far as i know you'd take that on yeah yeah I mean, it's yeah, just so a personal account and it'd probably be best if the names were left off especially if any legal action is going to happen later on down the road yeah. but oh yeah 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 Anonymize the details, but you just record the the story. Yeah, it could be brilliant. I don't know how many. I don't know if people would be. I think they might be willing to speak. Willing to speak. I was going to use the word ready because it feels like that whole conversation is way behind. Really? You know, yeah, kind of. Like who else is there? Is like we can't even name names, but I mean I can think of like two, yeah. two people. Yeah, I think they're there. I think it's it's a damn ready to burst. I think yeah. the the I, kids affected by online grooming are still. I think they're still too young and still probably don't even know what happened. Or the gender thing is again could have just sucked their brain yeah. out. You know? I mean I'm forty. <laughs> like you know you were dial up. That was dial-up, yeah. yeah. Was, but what about the kids who are 30? Yeah, yeah. I would have real trepidation about talking to somebody who just comes yeah. to that. I think, well, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't Are there even, we would have to do research. I don't even know if there's Discord servers or support groups at all. I don't even know how these people would, like with the D-trans community, they, they can find each other because it's very obvious and very they like. Can now. They, they couldn't now. find each other a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. There's a word. There's the word D-trans. It's like, we yeah. can't even... Because the thing is, you could say, right, I'm, I'm interested in people who've been groomed. You get inundated from messages from people saying from like... Groomers. No, from people saying like, oh, my school, they had a rainbow up. Like, oh, that's not what I mean. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's one of the big problems here. It's the loss of the I, word. I'm suddenly very keen to go on and key that in and see what I get. If there is groups and you know what I mean, if if they if they, if they are self organizing, I bet they're all. Would you? you I don't know, even, yeah, I don't know how they'd find each other. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if they're aware that they that there's others out there like them. You know, this just hasn't been spoken about, to my knowledge. But it would be so useful because, among other things, it would build a profile. No, I, I know that there is a profile. Because, of course, there's a profile because there's criminology. and oh, there's yeah, da, 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 da. Yeah. But I think to have that... The profile more... of the groomers. <laughs> Excuse me. I was thinking more the profile of the event. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, within that, the profile of groomer. And then, you know, I imagine there... And all of like, this kind of, that happened to me too, and yeah, oh, yeah, me yeah, too, yeah. and I was like that, and he said that to me. And, all, and then you start to go, kind of get like... And you know what? There'd like, be, there that, would be a really common uh, relapsing in. You know what I mean? Getting away from it yeah. and then going back in and then getting away from it yeah. and going back in. I could just so imagine how that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking yeah, from a data perspective, if you could... Uh, like with Shannon Bashi and uh, and Canada's in the very beginning stages of trawling the internet through AI for detransition and transition just as a social contagion. He's getting some amazing stats, just like how it exploded and they have the Ooh. AI. Uh, Shannon Bashi, um, he's a he's just this guy in Toronto. He's got like a kind of uh, kind of a little think tank now where they're running this these AI scripts and just like looking through Reddit on the the periodicity and the you know, trend over time of transition wow. and detransition talk and just looking through it. So there's a lot of data out there. If you knew how to read it, you could find that if you knew how to read this in these interactions and stuff. And I don't know if you can't get into DMS, but on the other side, there's a lot of this stuff that's just being hidden, but it's on a server somewhere. It's happening yeah. on, in, in, on servers. It's happening in these apps and these websites and stuff and are they liable for that are the, these uh hmm. these companies liable for i doubt it <laughs> i doubt it yeah i, I, I strongly doubt it. doubt it um because the argument you come up against is it's kind of like if i phone you and leave a death threat that's not the responsibility of your mobile to left no. provider. No. that's yeah. my responsibility but do they have any incentive to hide that data or do they have any incentive to to reveal that data? i mean conceivably this is a total pipe dream, but you could have Elon just uh, figure out on Twitter like who the groomers are, and then just just massively publish all of the direct messages. I mean, it would totally ruin the the you know security of the site and the public uh, you know it would perception. Burn down Twitter, but what a fire! Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you could ever do anything like that. I think it's more the story. I think it's more individual stories and individual stories and individual stories. I take your point, and I think it's very interesting what Shannon is doing with um, metadata. Yeah. But it's a very different... Because one of the key differences here, right, one of the things about this whole gender whatever moment is that it's public and it's social. And it's kind of facing society, whereas the grooming stuff isn't. Oh, no, of course, there's an intersection. Yeah. There's kind of there's an overlap. It's secret. It's secret. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's kind of what was so horrifying to me is to turn around and see these guys, the guys that, like, do you know, who would have been so um, paranoid about being seen. And now they're just like, what's your, what's your problem? I'm interested in your 13-year-old daughter. What's your problem? And you can see people just like, I genuinely don't know how to respond to this, yeah. you, you know? Um has there Jeez. been any profiles of those people? I mean, I know that they, they surface online, but has anybody done like some deep, uh, deep dive? Not that you'd ever want to do that, but like that would be the way of attracting people who have been groomed. Like, okay, these people, that's the same kind of guy that went after me. That's the same kind of person that manipulated me. And like, what, how do I, how do I tell my story? You know? I don't know. I think I'm too much of a, storyteller and too little of a quantitative scientist to answer i've never done well with quantitative science i just can't i get it i'm not criticizing it it's just not for me no i was I, just I saying like do do what you're doing with the same thing that you were talking about about the groomed but do it for the groomers yeah like like describe these men and, and well show... i think if you describe the act you would get both I think if you described the the act and the circumstance, you would get a profile of the the groomers, and you would also start and to see. I, is, do you know what is the profile of the groomers? I, I'm not sure of it. Um, I would only have hypotheses. Yeah, I would say they're. I would say they're of above average intelligence. Cunning. Yeah, um, I would say. Funnily enough, I would say they're they're largely left wing. You're slightly delighted to say that. You may well take that. But no, there is something. There is something. In, oh, I don't know. Maybe that's just the people I came. Yeah, that maybe they found you or something. Or maybe maybe the, those places are where younger people are, and so they just adopted. <laughs> well, they're more. Yeah. Less, there's less they, safeguards they there. They were left wing. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I would certainly say, and I, I think you have to have a certain. Are they charming? Yeah, you've got to have a certain hutzpah. You've got to have a certain confidence. And... Yeah, and um, yeah, cheeky kind of way. Yeah, about you. yeah, yeah. Funny. Probably, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There must like, be stuff in criminology. And to be honest, I can't exactly bear yeah. to look. I think I would find it a lot easier to talk to people who had been Groomed. who had been through that and then because yeah. they might be than the groomers. It might feel much more positive, like it might feel like they're gonna Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. But it's so not the slightly odd creep down the road that I was thinking of. Do you know what I mean? Who isn't very bright. Well, bear in mind I, Do you know that type? Yeah, but I only I was interacting with a very specific type. Yeah, you know, that, that's your friend. They were all gay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't know. I yeah. don't know what that means. The the corner guy is more grab assy than like psychological psyop groomy. Would that be fair to say? It could be. Yeah. It could be. Wow. Yeah. And then with girls, you don't know. I'd imagine there's a huge amount for girls, and there'd be an awful lot of complimenting and mm. you know saying you're so gorgeous and you're so mm. lovely i have a sense that with the girls it would almost be like only fans and 
It would almost be like endometriosis. Do you know the way endometriosis kind of is so difficult to deal with because it grows into every other part of you? Okay. And it's almost like, with the, I think with the girls, it's like, how do you even, because it would look so social, it would be so integrated yeah. with their social lives and their friendships and their looks. And like you say, their burgeoning sexuality and stuff. Whereas I think with the boys, they'd be more compartmentalised anyway. Yeah. Because men are males are and be more secretive and more secretive and um, probably have a much clearer kind of boundary in their own minds so if you said to them like okay tell me about this experience they would come into that answer with like a bounded hmm. like i know where this began and where this ended whereas the girls might just you see genuine. with the girls do you remember i described you know the person whose book i read you know, you could be giggling away with your friends and it'd be such a laugh and it'd be all such fun. And then you've gone in way over your head. That could be happening. Yeah. Which would be different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hard. But a good thing to be talking about. Because yeah. it's better to know you've got a problem. Yeah, it's yeah. better to start to talk about it, even if you do it in really... Yeah. Inadequate and failing terms, it's that's where you have to start, isn't it? You have yeah. to start. Yeah. Maybe we'll get lots of contact after this. Oh. Um, yeah, it depends on my title. What should we name it? Grooming Adventures? <laughs> no. Yeah, that, Beyond that's Grooming. <laughs> Beyond Grooming. You're a genius. <laughs> For grooming Beyond. <laughs> The thing is, I, I do, gen I, I'm hesitant to say this because I don't want anyone to hear this as a, a, an attack or even necessarily as a criticism, but I think the problem is this word grooming is now everywhere and I wonder how many oh, people's eyes will just drift over. Not necessarily that it's been abused because I think it's great that people are drawing attention to this kind of political, like these six-year-old kids learning about pansexual and all the rest of this. I, I think it's brilliant that the, the eyes of the world are drawn to that it does create a problem for how do you there's talk two different about things going the, the, the on the narrow how do you talk yeah. about that narrow yeah, it's funny in my world grooming is very specifically what we've been talking about mm. and that other stuff is it's kind of new for that to be called grooming yeah it's happened it has happened we can all press our deal on that uh, the, the one technological solution i can see is a uh internet of uh like the individual where where you where the internet knows what you are and who you are and then guards you right uh, up until your 18th yeah. birthday right like like if you're underage there's a signature every time you log in no matter where you Nothing are it knows what it knows what you are and you are blocked off you're sectioned off like, couldn't agree more yeah yeah but I that, that would be a privacy concern too because it basically that just basically means that your digital footprint is, is and the odd controlled. kid will learn how to go in on their parents id but there'll be issues around fingerprints and stuff in being able to do it it'll, it'll be yeah. so easy to do technologically and it will i think it will come in just like they were selling cigarettes to six-year-olds in the 1950s and then they learned not yeah. to slowly but surely but now you won't get anybody i remember when i was growing up you could easily buy cigarettes as a kid easily do you know what i mean it just wasn't a big deal and now nobody's going to sell cigarettes to a kid they're going to bring this in they're going to bring it in and the sooner the better because it's it's the wild west right now especially for kids hmm. yeah hmm. well hopefully after elon listens to us yeah i'll send him then, 
Oh, I'll send yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Our good friend Elon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Elon interesting when he came a- out about the. Uh, it was interesting because he's 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 like releasing everybody from Twitter jail, but not Alex Jones. Like, well, why not Alex Jones? Because basically, Alex Jones, from Elon's point of view, uh, abused these children or, or said these things about these children with that Sandy Hook shooting and stuff. And Elon's just like, no, I'm I'm not dealing with that. I'm, I'm there's like it's just like yeah. this hard line in the sand. And then after that, it just it appears that he's just going through and scrubbing and kicking off every account that. Yeah through some sort of AI trickery and stuff. So I'm sure these people are going to adapt to the, to the, to the new, you know, uh, communication structure of that platform and stuff. But it was interesting to see somebody take ownership of this platform that had been ruled by these technocratic oligarchs and, and make a hard line in the sand. And he's the decider now. He's just like, he's the executor. It's just kind of cool. So we'll see if it tanks or not. And in that, but for the time being, him going after the grooming thing might actually bring to light a little bit more if if we can capture the narrative of like the left right grooming scandals in the schools and stuff and like say well actually there's this internet level one on one grooming that's going on that we can document we have hard data on it somehow you know, and, and working with, uh, you know, one would suppose working with somebody like Elon or somebody, whoever's in Reddit, but Reddit's completely on fire. There's no way that they, they banned the word grooming. Like they're for, they're for it. <laughs> like, well, they had the, uh, the Amy Chaloner was a moderator. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. There's so many things you forget. There's I so know. much, actor, like the, the, the pile of shit show behind <laughs> us. You kind of keep on going. And then suddenly you, you just sort of catch yourself on and think, just, I've forgotten about that. Grotesque. Yeah. 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 That was awful. I am. Um, I, I think people overcomplicate what Elon Musk is doing. Cause to me, he's what he's done is he's just said something which is actually very, very standard. There is no jurisdiction in the world with free speech because every jurisdiction, including America, has defamation laws. You have to have defamation laws. I can't say that you did something, to committed some terrible crime, and then just say, no, nope, free speech. <laughs> um, and it's these morons, these people who... I know. And they, they've allowed their identity. And it's so funny because they're... The, the, I mean, horseshoe theory, they're almost touching one another, for God's sake, is that you've got people saying, well, women, let women speak, meaning any woman should be able to make any defamatory claim about anyone else, including women. And then you've got the trans people saying basically like the kind of Chris Chan, like, well, he may have raped, she may have raped her mother with her penis, but we still have to use the pronoun she. And it's like, you're so close yeah, and over here is normal civilization saying, "I think you should have the right to express an opinion, but defamation." To a degree, <laughs> yeah, but defamation needs to be held accountable in yeah. a court because you know that's what we've done since I don't know civilization, <laughs> and they can't see how similar they are. They just can't yeah. see. They can't see it. Yeah, I I great hopes for Elon and Twitter. I've got great hopes. I like what he's doing. I like everything he's doing. So you're saying women need rescuing by men. Is <laughs> that right? I believe that's what you just said. <laughs> all, excuse me. All women need rescuing by all men. That's yeah, what I yeah. That is not what I said for the record, <laughs> so that uh, I don't get attacked for being a, t- a dick panderer. I'm probably already because I'm conversing <laughs> with two men. I'm, I'm probably already. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what they called Megan Murphy. Stella, when I think about your life, I um, do you guys have Thanksgiving or something like Thanksgiving as Christmas? Like like a feast? Do you have a feast day in, in your land? Christmas. Okay, uh, I just I just imagine you in the middle of this kitchen with like seventy pots and five different loaves of pies and stuff. Yeah, like you just your life is just so full of like you have so many projects, you have so many things going on. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. So, could you well, plug what what should we plug for this one? What should we I know plug? Well, I'm, I'll plug the lovely Jen Specht because yeah. I'm very I'm very invested in Jen Specht. Beyond Trans is our is our biggie for 2023. And what is this Beyond Trans? Oh man, it's it's massive, and it's it's myself and Alistair's kind of brainchild, and it's 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 a very important project. We're the only Genspect are the only, and we are Genspect is running the Beyond Trans, and it might one day fly away to be its own independent um, organization. But it's the only project in the world that is providing low cost and no cost counselling to people who've been impacted by medical transition. A lot of them are detransitioners, but not all of them are. Some of them have just been hurt by medical transition and they feel they're past the point of no return, or they've just been hurt by medical transition and they need counselling. And we're not only providing counselling with it, we're providing all sorts of kind of different um, kind of outreach, job skills, different services and it's all on the genspec website under beyond transition and we're really proud of it i think mm -hmm. i and, think yeah so so we the idea came out of detrans awareness day and we had this idea that we would we would sell tickets and we would do something for detransitioners with that uh, that money and what came and then we had all these ideas and then and in the end they all kind of we went into just uh, like let's just try everything and if uh, it doesn't work it doesn't work and if it does it does and then we noticed as well we we had been working from the moment Jensen was born we were working with detransitioners and we realised not only are they detransitioners but also some of them retransition because it's too hard mm. they detransition and they find life really really difficult. And just very, very difficult because of whatever their physical makeup or whatever's going on. And they find it hard and they might retransition back and then they might detransition. And to me, that feels psychologically, I could see that happening a couple of times. I could so see how that would happen. Mm -hmm. And so we had to leave room for you do whatever you want. We just want to help you wherever you are in this. And it's 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 been phenomenal since we uh, launched it. We launched it in June. And like I say, something like 77, 79 um, clients have gone through us so far or have been helped hmm. since we started it. So it's a, it's a big deal and we have great, huge hope for it in 2023. So that's a biggie. And then, of course, Geta are doing the, the launch of the clinical guide. So that's going to be a big deal because finally therapists will have a guide to look at. Yeah. And there's a million other projects. Oh, uh, anyone who hasn't already signed um, Oh, Beyond WPATH. WPATH. We should start calling it WPATH. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this makes it sound slightly more ridiculous. Beyond WPAT. So Joe Berger, who, who you'll have on, he's he's got yes. this brilliant, he, there was such a brilliant idea to sign a petition to kind of show your dissatisfaction with the ridiculous, ridiculous document they released yeah. with their Unix and their this, that and the other. There's a million projects out there. Thankfully, we have, you know, we have organised, you know, that guy, Joe Hill, the great union he was a union leader from the America in about 1911, 1912, about 100 years ago. And he was shot dead. He was he was he was organizing all the men 
in the mines. And mm. um, yeah, he's a great guy. It's a great song called Joe Hill. And um, his last words, when he was shot dead, his last words were, don't mourn me, organize. And that's what we have done. We've organized. Mm. And it, it is the most powerful thing you can do with a group of people. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I think we really, as a movement, we've really organized. And I think the, the fruits are being seen. That's what feels different. You're right. Yeah. 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 We're organized. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. This is very historical. I feel good. I was I, I arrived on the scene just in time to watch this whole thing come together. Um, in the middle of it. You're, you're a major part of it, Ben. No wriggling off the hook if it all goes, goes <laughs> pear-shaped. He's like, all right. <laughs> I was just watching it. <laughs> doing a few casual chats. <laughs> <laughs> on a 754th tea transition. <laughs> I actually have, I have like uh, five uh, detransition stories in the, in the pocket. I'm like, I just, I can't publish. I need to publish something other than these, you know, like I love the stories and stuff, but I just like, I want my channel to have a little bit more <laughs> variety, variety. Um, but it's just because I, I just have so many. But is that uh, why you stuck us in? Are we are we a little bit of flow flow here? Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> talked about death and grooming, like nice little. <laughs> Uh, what uh, uh, palate cleanser, you know? Yeah, and musicals. To be honest, I think musicals might be the worst of the three. I didn't say that. Ouch. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I'm not committed to them being the best. <laughs> yeah, maybe. What are you guys up to for the rest of the night? You guys have a we're so watching soccer, the, the, the late late toy show. Oh, whether he likes it or not, <laughs> you have to watch the Late Late Toy Show. It's just essential. It's what you a, do. We could have a small curry. Yeah, I like, watch the Late Late Toy Show. <laughs> I did eat like an eight-year-old child today. My diet today was like if you said to an eight-year-old, "What would you like to eat today?" And it was like, I ah. had trifle for breakfast and fruit pastels for lunch. And just, well, I think so. you're entitled to live as you please. Yeah, ish, no? ish to an extent. I had yeah, a burger, I but I had lettuce and tomatoes, so that's kind of oh, that's salad. Two of the five a day. Exactly. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> I'm going to end it there. Thanks, Okay. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Benjamin. I'm going to blow my nose. You're, you're sicker than me. I thought I was I hope I'm not sick. giving it back to you. <laughs> <laughs>